Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnets. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. And hello and good morning, you're on Dirt Radio with Colin. We are broadcasting live from 3CR Studio in Collingwood. Dirt Radio is a show sponsored by Friends of the Earth Melbourne. So you can check us out at www.fo.org.au. A special big thanks to Yarabuk crew for the great show they just had. So today we will chat about environment, about coke, about recycling and direct action. This morning at 5 a.m., last, no, this morning, last Wednesday, Laura from Greenpeace got into climbing gear and headed for King's Cross in Sydney. Alongside six fellow volunteers, their plan was to drop a three-story banner down one of the biggest billboards in Sydney, Cox Mega Sign. I decided to get in touch to my friend Laura after I received an astonishing email from Greenpeace telling the story and calling from support. Hi Laura, how are you here? Hi Laura, mm, little struggle in studio. Let's try again. Hi Laura, are you here? Yeah. Yeah, perf- you? perfect. How are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. I really would like to start by congratulating you guys again for your braveness and to stand against this big corporation. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and also, thank you for your time this morning. Uh, I would like to ask you like, a couple more questions regarding this issue because I'm not really familiar uh, with this type of recycling with uh, and what Coca-Cola's lobbying for at the moment in, uh, in Australia. Could you please uh, tell me why Coke is the target of this campaign? Okay. Um, well, basically, um, Coke is the target because um, they're they're part of a um, this be- beverage industry, um, and they've been trying to do everything they can to stop this re- um, recycling scheme from going ahead. Um, and now that it is going ahead, um, they're trying to do everything they can to kind of make it, make it ineffective and kind of water down the process. Um, basically, uh, it's up to Mike Baird to make the decision, and um, I feel like there's a lot of pressure. Um, on him at the moment. Um, like, I, I feel like Coke is putting a lot of pressure on him at the moment to stop it going ahead purely for their own, you know, their own benefit. So, like, the container deposit recycling is... Uh, you, you for, with, and with Greenpeace, you reckon it's a better idea than the classic recycling things? Could you tell me why? Uh, so, basically, um, in, like, it's, it's the ca- um, cash for container deposit um, system is like known to be really really effective it's it's been you know it's all around the world um and it's even in south australia where um they've had had the scheme for about 30 years and um their records of recycling like is 
very minimal, like comparative to other states. We um we as Australians like consume 17 billion containers every year, um, like drink drinking containers, um, and less than half of that is being recycled. Um, but yet in South Australia, um, there's only you know three percent of waste that goes into landfill or is you know found as litter. Okay, I find it like more interesting. It's because we see like uh, currently Coca-Cola is making like this all like lobbying and saying they're investing and helping the government to put all these nice recycling bins in train station or all around the city. But as you said, like it's it's not really working and most of people just like threw their, their, their cans in the normal rubbish collection. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like it's it's a proven like system that has worked, you know, on a number of occasions in all different places all around the world. Um, and I feel like Coca-Cola saying things like putting putting extra bins in and stuff like that is not really like attacking the recycling or like the litter problem. It, like it's, yeah, they're not, they're not really, um, they don't want to make any kind of behavioral change for the, themselves. Um, and it's just, It's just crazy that we even have to, like, that this is even on the table for debate. Like, it, it should just be something that's already in place. Yes, and we all we remember, I remember actually, the Greenpeace advertisement against Coca-Cola a couple, maybe that was last year or a couple of years ago. It was great. Like, we saw, like, people, like, drinking a Coca-Cola can and seeing, like, birds uh, also, like, falling from the ground because they were just intoxicating by all the little piece of plastic they could eat from the rubbish yeah yeah well there's like it's like an astonishing um number like statistic of like a third of seabirds are known to um ingest plastic like it's it's just something that needs to be tackled like right um at the cause of the problem basically rather than you know like obviously putting more bins around the place isn't isn't, isn't the answer and that's basically why You know, Greenpeace and a lot of community environmental groups are actively campaigning and have been for, you know, as long as I can remember, to implement something that's actually going to, like, create change and is actually going to see, you know, our beaches and our waterways cleaned up. Like, Coca-Cola is, is opposed to the project. I reckon it must be like a question of money behind behind the problem is is that really going going to impact about like the price of coca-cola for for normal uh, people well basically it's 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 going to mean you know a 10 cent um hike in in cost for the coca-cola bottle but it's actually not going to affect coke whatsoever it's just going to you know make people more conscious and and like have an incentive to want to recycle like It needs to be done. Yeah, yeah, totally. And like, and especially, like, you need this money back. Um, in um, the first time I arrived here in Australia, so I lived in uh, my family-in-law from South Australia, and so yeah. we were collecting all the the beer cans, like we, we were drinking, and I was pretty surprised that we all drove to the. Um, to the local fire station brigade and we just give them all the cans and they could like they collected the money back and that was also like for small town a great way to uh, to fundraise a little bit of money yeah definitely like it's a good way to like um get involved in community groups as well and you know like scouts um are known for you know being 
like collecting bottles and and fundraising that way and other community community groups do it as well like it's it's it seems like a win-win like i don't understand why we should even have to be campaign uh, campaigning against this or why you know six activists should have to climb their you know their iconic sign in order to get the message across like Yes, definitely. And especially like when you we see like Coca-Cola must have like billions of dollars ready to spend for just lobbying a, a small government like Australia to make sure that they don't put this uh, this recycling system uh, go ahead. Yeah, definitely. And um you you know it was evident in um them taking uh the Northern Territory government to court um over the over the cash container system there as well um i think they just really need to you know stop with the corporate corporate control and take responsibility for the products that you know they're producing that's destroying our environment it's destroying australia yeah exactly and we destroying australia environment we're not even talking about the health and uh, yeah yeah i know there's, there's so many other aspects but you know this is This is definitely something that we need to focus on. So, is that um, part of a new campaign from Greenpeace, or it's uh, it's an old campaign trying to really like work hard on it? How that? How could we support you guys? Uh, so, basically, um, Greenpeace is um, working with a lot of other organisations, um, including the Boomerang Alliance, um, who have been campaigning for this for a really, really long time. Um, and they're doing, like, amazing, amazing work and g getting, you know, the community on side. And it's it's really great to see what they're what, what they're up to. But um, as far as being able to help out, um, you can jump on to the Greenpeace website and um, write a letter to Mike Baird, basically just saying why you'd like to see the cash for container system to be implemented and, and basically to, yeah, basically because you care about New South Wales and you care about Australia. Yes, definitely. All right. Uh, we're definitely going to go pop into the website. like the, So the Greenpeace website, we can also yep. go into Boomerang Alliance. Yeah, definitely. I know there is a petition also all around, so I reckon like everyone can just easily sign a petition. It just costs yeah, nothing definitely. and just like can yeah. support. Pretty we really well. need to... Um We really need to, because uh, New South Wales, um, other states are kind of going to follow what New South Wales, how they how they act on this particular topic. So um, Queensland and other other states are kind of like looking up to, or they're going to, you know, follow whatever New South Wales does. So this is this is why it's really important because obviously this is a scheme that we want, you know, to be throughout Australia, so we can all you know, enjoy clean beaches and clean water, clean waterways and and not see as much waste going into landfill every year. Like, it's, it's such a crazy statistic of how much goes into, like, landfill every year. Yeah, and we really need to open our eyes and to realize that the recycling, small recycling bins are not really working. It's a little bit part of a, a type of like a greenwashing type of thing. Keep, con keep consuming. We got the recycling bins on the side. So every time you just put into into this recycling bin, that's fine. You help saving the yeah. planet. But that's not true. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, um, like there is like the consumer's responsibility, but there's also, you know, the, the people that produce, <laughs> produce totally. the waste in the first place that need to, they need to be, you know, the role models in all of this. 
Yeah, totally. And especially like 10 cents for extra can when you get your cash back. It's just absolutely fine. We can definitely do it in our country. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you reckon, Laura, we should call for a boycott of Coca-Cola while they're (laughs) still, you know, like lobbying and since we don't have this cash for container deposit? Um, well, my bed is due to make a decision um, in the coming months, and I really think if we just put the pressure on him, pressure on him now, um, and the New South Wales government, then hopefully we won't. We, we will. We'll see a fully fledged, um, amazing cash for container um, program. Like he, he promised last year at some stage that he was going to have the best. Um, cash for container system in the world Ooh. and we, we, just, we just really need to put the pressure on him to make sure that he follows through, through with that and it doesn't pander to big business yeah i really like australian uh, government they're always trying to be the best in the world isn't it after the best minister <laughs> in the world the best cash for containers oh, in the world gosh, hey. <laughs> don't get me started <laughs> i love that yeah <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much, Laura, for for your time for this interview this morning. No worries. Thanks for thanks for the call and it was lovely lovely to hear from you and yeah, just if everybody gets on board and jumps on the website it'd be awesome. Perfect. Don't hesitate to get in touch with us if you need a little bit more support or if you have another message, you know, like to, to send a bit, little bit closer or whatever. We'll be more than happy to have you back on the, in a studio or live. Yeah, for sure. That would be awesome. It's always good to get as many people on board as possible. Totally. Have a really great week and uh, see you soon. Yeah, thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. So Laura is a Greenpeace activist. She stood up against Coca-Cola for a real protection of environment. You can sign the petition or get more information on the Greenpeace Australia website on the Friends of the Earth website. Also think about the Boomerang Alliance who's been campaigning for ages against uh, Coca-Cola lobbying on New South Wales government to have this uh, cash container deposit recycling system. Now, it's time for a short break, and uh, but we'll be back, so stay tuned on Dirt Radio. Right, gentlemen, this panel is now on air. In July 1976, from an old warehouse in High Street, Armadale, 3CR Community Radio hit the airwaves heralding 40 years of independent, community-owned and controlled radio. This will be the first station owned and operated by a cooperative of community organisations on a Melbourne-wide basis. This is 3CR. As the status quo of old media is challenged, as publications come and go, in a country with the highest concentration of media ownership in the world, 3CR continues to broadcast radical, insightful radio 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're not talking about land rights, we're talking about sovereignty. That's why it's important for us to be at the 10 Embassy. From the protests against the Franklin River Dam to the 1998 waterfront dispute, from the east-west tunnel picket to the Aboriginal 10 Embassy, the history of 3CR is dynamic and passionate and ongoing. I was born here. I will die here. I am not moving. So as we celebrate 40 years in 2016, we ask you, our volunteers, listeners and supporters, to join in in saying... 
And yes, happy birthday, 3CR. You're back on Dirt Radio, a show sponsored by Friends of the Earth. And you're with Colin, a French activist. So as you, we all realized, winter is slowly coming in Victoria and New South Wales. It's getting cold and wet and the forest is now pretty muddy and the dear activists who protect our wildlife need help and support more than ever. From Moles Creek to East Gippsland, from Tulangi to Tasmanian, Groups like Flak and Gecko, the Knitting Nanas and many individuals are still fighting on the front line this broken system. From all around the world, in Indonesia, Africa, Canada and South America, in Australia and also in France, forest activists have no rest. Today, I would like to pay a special tribute to all of them. Because at the moment, my friends in France have restarted the battle against the construction of the useless airport in Nantes. Nantes is in Brittany, is in the northwest part of France. Years ago, we all fought to keep the farmland free from the stupidity of capitalism. Today, they are coming back strong and motivated. It's time to rise up again and we'll defend what we're believing in. So in France, we are facing very repressive police attack and we have to respond strongly. The forest became again a battlefield. And after the death of Remy two years ago, we hope that we'll keep the line as strong as possible. I would like now to play an interview I made a couple years ago with my mates in the forest camp of the Teste Protection Group. Guess what? That was the sound of the people charged against riot cops. I'm Colin, and I'm with Dirt Radio on 3CR. Today, we're going to hear the story of French activists who are currently fighting to protect the Valais du Teste in the Sivens Forest. I had the chance to meet Nina, Léop and Laurent in the squat in Toulouse, an hour away from the protest. The local authority want to build a 9 million euro dam to water the industrial corn of only 22 very healthy farmers and in the meantime destroying the last wet zone of the region. I asked Leop about the Valley du Teste. This is a wet zone. It absorbs the water during winter and rejects it during the summer. In forests, paddocks and all the vegetation around, it's profiting from this natural sponge. There are 94 protected species, animals and plants who are going to be relocated for compensation without the need of a result. If they survive, it's great. If they don't, it doesn't matter. And uh, could you please describe it? It's a beautiful valley with forests, bushes, farms and a little stream. It's called Le Tescou. It's very small. 
and will take three to four years to fill up the dam. When you look at the size of the dam and the evaporation, most of the year it will just be a huge mud pit. So, who are you? We created a collective Tant qu'il y aura des bouilles. It's a collective a bit more radical than the first one, not with the same people. Made with radical climate change activists who agreed to occupy. We started last October. We also want to bring the co- political question who decides in this country. Could you tell us what happened in September? This September, the politician determined to go to war, so all the non-violent direct action we used for a year could not work anymore, simply because there were too many. How many were there? 200 riot cops well-geared, well-trained, and with the law behind them, it means that if they hit us, they will not have any trouble, but if we hit them, we will have big problems. It's a very unequal fight. But you're not just fighting cops. There are some farmers who are for the dam. They created a Millis pro-dam. Not really for the dam, but more against us. What's your method to stop riot cops? The classic method is throwing projectiles on the police from a barricade when they are trying to take it out. And if they take it out, we inflame it. Because the police technique in France is evacuating the battlefield with tear gas and stun grenade following with a charging line, 50 to 60 riot cops running and screaming at you with truncheon ready. It's very intimidating. 90% of people run away. The 10% who stay get hit. With the rapidity of the charge, it's extremely efficient. They are taking back the battlefield and stop because the charges are not very long. It's the classic way in France. So it's why the barricade will stop the charge, not the tear gas. If people feel like it, they can defend in melee. We use it as protection. We have truncheon and we stop them from taking it. But it's really rare. In general, we throw stone or cocktail molotovs. Um, and if they, they take it anyway, we inflame it. They have to step back, control the fire. During this time, we build another one. This is the most classic and efficient way. After with the stunning, you have to understand that the police force have helmets, armors, shields. They risk almost nothing. It's mostly intimidation. But here's a tip. Don't throw stones one at a time. It's inefficient. But if everybody throws theirs at the same time, it's very impressive. They have to stop and protect themselves with their shields. During that time, they're not getting any further. So you're on 3CR on Dirt Radio and we are currently speaking with French activists from a forest protest in France. Nina, you're a clown activist. What is your role during a protest? Being a clown activist, we have a privileged relationship with the cops. We take the time to talk to them and play with them. And because they can see us, we are colorful and masked, they actually don't want to hit us. And sometimes we can help take the pressure off. We also come into buildings for non-violent direct action and disturb their work, but in a clowny way. <laughs> if Australians are interested, you can jump on the internet and check out CIRCA uh, for Clandestine Insurgent Rebel Clown Army. This is a British ID, very efficient, because we are creating a human relation with some people who tried to hide their humanity behind a uniform. We are using techniques to make them feel human again. I'm sure you do have an anecdote. I was uh, at an action talking to the cops once and I said, look at my mates, how brave they are. The cops were looking like robots behind their shields and one of them said, yes, you're right, they are braver than us because at least they dare to say no. Some people choose anger strike as a nonviolent way to protest. 
It's been 25 days now. Yeah, you're right. It's around 25 days that some people are on a hunger strike. They all lost more than 10 kilograms. They're all adults. They're around 60 years old and older. Media talks more about Molotov cocktails than hunger strikes. People want some show in their media. It's why they talk about us and has mobilized many people. So I don't know if it's good or bad. What could we do in Australia to support you? We can support you with an action you have in Australia. You can make graffiti or paint a banner and have a picture sent to us for our media. If you write no to the Sevens Dam in Australia, it would be incredible, you see. And we could write no fracking in Australia or no logging at Tulangi or Leeds Forest. I don't know, but I think the convergence of climate fighting is very important. We fight for the same things in Australia or in France and many other countries. We are many with different sorts of actions, but we can help and support each other, bring something to each other. Yeah, we'd be very interested in that. I know that in Australia you have a strong Occupy culture and just sharing experience or ideas would be great. So Laurent, what's next? Personally, I think it will be a long war of harassment. We are currently fighting all around the world against a system who destroyed human capacity to think or act for themselves, to destroy the planet, a system we call capitalism. At the moment, all around the world, we are being beaten up. But we are brave and we are rising up and we are fighting to win. Are you interested in activism or want to know what's going on in the environmental movement? Want to know what the real issues are? Then tune in to Dirt Radio each Monday morning at 10.30 on 3CR. So you've heard the interview my friends have met a couple years ago in France. Now you need to be aware that this is coming back and we need to fight against in our European forest to trying to protect our ecosystem against big, stupid announcement. So I call everyone to stand up and to join the fight to protect a pristine forest all around the world. You can support FLAC and Gecko here in Australia with a donation or by joining the line. 